episode 127 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. Election Day is approaching. We Wichitans will soon be casting our votes for at least one position, mayor. In this episode, we'll talk to candidate for Mayor Brandon Whipple. We'll ask why he wants to be mayor, what he'll do to help the business community, and his vision for the city. We'll talk to Mr. Whipple in a moment. First, here's what you can see in the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. Mayor Longwell was accused of funneling a big contract to his friends. He says it would be hard to lead or get things done in Wichita without establishing relationships with business leaders. So... Is that the way business is done in Wichita, and how can we make the system more transparent? Reporter Daniel McCoy has been talking to business leaders, electeds, former electeds, and others. His story's out today. I urge you to give it a read. Also, we spend 10 minutes with Jay Price. He's a professor of history at WSU. He'll talk about historic structures like Mead's Corner, Century 2. This week's list, the area's largest commercial construction projects. As always, we have business leads, new real estate deals, bankruptcies, building permits, who's setting up a new corporation, who owes back taxes, court judgments, all in our leads section. Back to talk with mayoral candidate Brandon Whipple in a moment. Welcome to Biz Talk with Bill Roy of the Wichita Business Journal. Talking business, your business that is, is what Equity Bank's team of bankers does best. Visit us today at equitybank.com. Brandon, welcome back. Hey, Bill, thanks for having me. I haven't uh, talked to you since the primary, so congratulations getting into the top two. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. I bet it's been a lot of hard work uh, since then. It's it's been a lot of hard work. It's been rewarding uh, being able to get out there, talk to uh, not just voters, but also um, business leaders, uh, talk to small business owners, um, talk to uh, uh, members in our community, uh, the people who make Wichita great. Uh, you know, this this has been an incredible experience, um, and uh, I hope to be their voice in City Hall. Well, let me ask you right right off the bat. Uh, we had the story in, in the paper. What's your take on the accusation against the mayor uh, and his defense uh, of his actions? Well, I'll start off with, um, you know, it, it was surprising. Uh, as we, we've heard um, about um, kind of the insider deals and how things happen at City Hall. We, we've heard that um, throughout the campaign. Uh, from people we've spoken with, uh, but to really see the sophistication of it, uh, it just uh, hammers home the need for an ethics commission. Um, We were somewhat surprised, uh, although we probably shouldn't have been, uh, that the Kansas Ethics Commission actually there's, regulates this uh, state level officials and also county officials because counties are a, a proponent of the state right cities supersede the state because cities uh, in some cases actually were here before we were a state right um so it's up to them to uh, govern themselves and as you guys probably uh, uh, know um there are i think eight pages of ethics uh for city employees and then for elected officials it's two pages and right now they are responsible for um uh, enforcing uh their own ideas of ethics which is pretty much like asking basketball players to call their own fouls. <laughs> uh, and we're seeing it's not working. Um, that was the other big takeaway was instead of acknowledging that this process 
uh, is not only uh, ethically questionable, but also it hurts our business and our economy where when people see this stuff, they're not going to want to bid, uh, which hurts the taxpayer. When they see this stuff, they're not going to want to uh, even compete unless they feel that you know they can uh, spend time whining and dining elected officials. Uh, so I, I, I'm surprised that it's been kind of uh, defended the way it has, where this is business as usual, and these are, quote, my friends. Uh, and that comment kind of makes me laugh because my friends don't shower me with gifts. Uh, my friends are the type um, where uh, if uh, they drive me anywhere too much, they'll, they'll, they'll expect me to pay for gas. Right. You know, right. like my, uh, uh, my father-in-law, um, you know, used to pay for hotel rooms. Uh, that's because he wanted to see his daughter. It had nothing to do with uh, friendship. So the whole relationship um, structure, I, I think, uh, that was exposed um, – brings in questions. Uh, and in Topeka, and this is one of the reasons why I think that we have an opportunity in this election to elect someone with governing experience from outside City Hall. Um, in my experience at the state capitol in Topeka, I have always functioned under the Kansas Ethics Commission, um, always functioned where there was a hard line between a lobbyist and an elected official. Uh, and by having that hard line, you, you kind of knew that this was business. You, you never really... Uh, got caught in this trap that, um, you know, maybe these guys are being nice to me because they're my friends. Uh, no, they're interested in influencing policy. Right. Uh, so bringing that experience uh, from um, uh, the state level uh, into City Hall, I think is going to be valuable when it comes time to creating a, uh, a ethics commission. And it's actually not going to hurt business. Uh, it, or it shouldn't. If you look at the cities where uh, Wichita economic growth has actually fallen behind some of our sister cities, such as Oklahoma City, such as Kansas City, uh, these places uh, have ethics commissions uh, put in place. Uh, so I'm under the impression that once we clean this up, uh, get some rules in place, uh, it will actually bring more people in uh, to the bidding process, uh, which will create competition, which as we all know, creates um, a better product. Uh, and a better uh, value for the taxpayer. That leads me to my next question, and I also posed this to the mayor when we talked mm -hmm. to him. We are a big, small town. Uh, everybody knows everybody. Uh, that's the way business is done in Wichita. If it is, what steps can be taken to remove even the appearance of impropriety? You know, how do we ensure that there aren't any conflicts of interest? Or if there are, and sometimes there are legitimate conflicts of interest, that uh, the, the the people on the council say, I, I'm going to abstain from this vote because I've got a conflict of interest or mm -hmm. whatever. So how do we how do we do that? How how do we formalize that that process on a city level? So it, it's about transparency. Um, you know, when you state I'm going when, when a member of the council says I'm going to abstain because I have a conflict of interest, they're being transparent. Uh, by having an a elections commission, uh, the elections commission on a local level will do three things. Um, one, there'll be a resource uh, where if a business uh, says, hey, I want to do, um, I want to bid on a contract uh, for the city, um, someone insinuated that I need to give them a $10,000 check. Is that legitimate? Of course, that's not legitimate. Um, so it will be a resource and also a resource for elected officials uh, if um, they're propositioned. Uh, for anything as well. The second part is reporting, and this gets back to the transparency part. Uh, if you are given a gift um, in the legislature, a gift over $40, uh, it has to be reported. 
either by the elected official or by the person who is giving the gift. Um, and in doing that, uh, it's searchable. Uh, we can actually see uh, what these relationships are like and who's behind them. In the mayor's case, when he says, well, these are my friends because I have a good relationship with these people, when you look at the people who, who bought him um, you know, these gifts, uh, when you look at their reporting, uh, they're reported as a business expense, not as a friend expense. Uh, so when you have a place, a centralized location, where um, people can go and uh, uh, look this stuff up, uh, it, it gives you a hint into what, what the background is and what's going on. And the third thing is um, we got to empower this commission with a hammer, uh, where uh, the DA right now is the only... Um, uh, agency that can come in and discipline elected officials uh, who uh, aren't reporting, who are taking gifts in exchange for influence. Uh, one of the problems with that is the DA focuses on criminal law. The DA should be out there uh, stopping um, human trafficking, you know, stopping organized crime. Uh, a lot of this type of violations are, are civil law, uh, which um, can be met uh, with a fine. Uh, so if we empower the Ethics Commission uh, to be able to levy fines against um, politicians who are violating the ethics, uh, then that's going to uh, take that duty off of uh, the DA. Uh, and in addition, the Ethics Commission uh, at the state level, if you don't, if you're a, a habitual offender, if you're someone who is constantly um, violating the ethics laws, they will uh, bar you for being on a ballot. Um, so there, there is a, a incentive um, to to follow the rules. There's a hammer there, the accountability. Exactly. Uh -huh. uh, so we need the publics uh, have the ability to look up who's giving to who and what that is, uh, and also we need this commission uh, to be able to punish uh, those who are uh, taking advantage of it. Because what we've found is that basketball players don't call their own fouls. Mm -hmm. uh, the city council, um, who I have tremendous respect for, uh, it's tougher because uh, they their perspective is different. They're in the middle of it. Uh, it's tougher, I think, for them them to start uh, uh, calling the fouls on their own members. Uh, and, and really, that process would be done better uh, from an, a nonpartisan uh, outside entity such as an ethics commission. Any idea who came up with this attack ad? We've, we've heard about this, you know, mysterious New Mexico yep. corporation or whatever. Any idea who came up with that? You know, uh, from what we know, um, and I have an idea, I've had people who have been propositioned to give money to this, who gave us a heads up that it was coming. Um, it's more than likely someone who is benefiting or a group of people who are benefiting off the status quo as, as is. Uh, we've seen the heat pick up more on this when I started talking about an ethics commission, where I started talking about the need uh, to bring more people into the bidding process. Um, these people obviously uh, want to keep uh, the current mayor in office, and they appreciate everything that's going on. Um, but they also uh, have no problem lying. They have no problem uh, making up stories to try to discredit me, uh, attack my reputation personally and my family. Because uh, that's the root of this ad. Uh, it's an attack on my marriage. Um, and a, the reason why they picked New Mexico is because New Mexico is one of, I think, only two states that allow this type of LLC shadow company to be made by a third party um, and, and to hide their donors. Um, there are ways where we can get to the bottom of who's behind it. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen 
before the election as far as following a legal route. Uh, I have faith, uh, a tremendous amount of faith, actually, in the journalists of this community. Uh, I mean, think about how this could have, we think about how this could have went down if we didn't have journalists who immediately exposed um, that the content was a lie, the content was actually reported against um, uh, a legislator on a Republican side in the Senate back in 2009 uh, was the complaint, I believe, and I am a Democrat in a House that was elected in 2012. Um, they immediately were able to report that. Uh, they hunted it down and found that it was an LLC in New Mexico. Um, really, if it wasn't for great journalists, it, and there's a bigger chance that uh, this, it might, if it comes out, it's going to be because of journalism instead of um, you know, by the legal process, right. which right now is what uh, what we have at our disposal. Right. But it I will take say, a while. It yeah. could, and I do want to say too. Our goal is to stay on message. The other the other part of this attack uh, is to get us off message. Is to get us talking about negative campaigning. And the reality is, we're talking about the future of Wichita here. We're talking about restoring Wichita as an economic powerhouse in the Midwest, not just comparing Wichita to where it was six months ago or where it was in a recession. Uh, so my vision is making it so we don't lose to Tulsa. Because uh, I'm a Wichita State fan, and I'll tell you, if we lose in basketball to Tulsa, <laughs> uh, it's because one of our players got injured, right? Right? Uh, mm-hmm. right now, Tulsa's job growth this last year is at 2.9%. Wichita, we're at a half a percentage point. So not only are we losing right now to Tulsa, and we shouldn't be, and we need a mayor who's going to make that not happen, but they have scored five times the points that we have. And that is unacceptable. Uh, so that's my message. Um, you know, I get the campaigns are getting ugly. It means we're winning. Uh, we're winning in the polls. We know that. Um, you know, we have a really good chance to uh, bring some of this positive change to City Hall. Uh, but moving forward, it's not about the campaign. It's about the future of Wichita and taking us back to where we belong. Uh, you know, back in the 80s, and your viewers know this, because uh, they're economic people, um, our economy was growing at twice the rate of the national average. Today, literally the opposite is true. Uh, so we need to get back to basics. Uh, we need to get back to growing our economy um, when compared to our region. You know, what is our potential for growth? Uh, and also getting back to the basics as far as public safety. Uh, we have, um, our crime rate is twice that of the national average and we're better than that. Wichita is better than that. We need to be supporting our first responders and I have a plan to do that. Uh, and my plan has been endorsed by the Fraternal Order of Police. My plan has been endorsed by the Wichita firefighters uh, to look at them not as um, not as images on a study or uh, lines on, on a budget, but to look at them as partners. Look at them and ask them uh, as part of the process, what is it that you need to be successful? How do we cut down the response rate, which is currently at seven and a half minutes to get to an active burglary? How do we, how do we cut that down? Uh, how do I make it so we stop losing officers uh, to Oklahoma City or to um, Lincoln, Nebraska? Uh, so, you know, that's really our message. I know campaigning gets negative. Uh, to us, it's a bit of a distraction. Um, we really uh, want to keep our eyes on the ball, which is the future of Wichita. Uh, there were some people who lined up in favor of Lindy. Lindy didn't make it through the, uh, the primary. It was you and Longwell. Uh, and now they're trying to bring him back as a write-in candidate. What do you make of that? Why, why, do they, why do they want to do that? You know, I think Lindy in a primary did really well because he presented himself as a legitimate change candidate, um, and so did we. 
and I think that's why we were close. Um, I think the people who want to bring Lindy back, and we've seen these people, are those with a lot of money, those who want to do their own ads on TV, um, those who uh, were either paid for uh, during his campaign or some other uh, deep interest in his campaign. Um, those are the ones asking for Lindy to come back. Uh, Lindy missed the last few months of public forums. Uh, he, and this race has taken a change when it comes to um, what the issues are. Uh, and because he's missed that, he hasn't really produced any policy ideas. Uh, I've got to see him the last week at a couple forums, and his entire platform right now is, well, I came in third, and I want to be a third option. Um, it's not, uh, well, I have these ideas, and my, these other candidates aren't addressing these ideas or these challenges. Um, so he can... It's, it's his prerogative to come into the race uh, and to try to do a write-in. Uh, when I've been campaigning uh, these last few months, showing up to every public forum I've been invited to, answering questions from the public, uh, no one brought him up. No one said, hey, we want a third option. Um, on social media, if you look at uh, the people who are posting, if you look at kind of the buzz, the people who post on the Eagle or post on our websites or even Jeff Longwell's websites. Um, no one is looking for, is really pushing for Lindy except those uh, who benefit directly from it. So I like Lindy. I think Lindy uh, made me a better candidate. Um, I think he added ideas to this race. Uh, and in a free market, competition creates a better product. Uh, in the public sector, in the world where I'm in, ideas create better ideas. That is our product. Lindy added ideas. Um, but in the end, uh, the process is the top two go forward. Uh, and I think that that's tough for someone who hasn't been through this process before. Uh, so I get it. Uh, but also, you know, my personal opinion is you got to respect the voters. Uh, this is the process. Uh, if Lindy has some ideas to add to this, then we'll be happy to hear him and, you know, and, and let the public hear him. So far, his ideas have been pretty much, well, stuff came out about Longwell, and now, if that were to came out early, I think I could have beaten Longwell. Mm -hmm. And anyways. Right. Well, talk about uh, what your message is for business leaders and, and how you'll make it easier for businesses to get started and grow in Wichita. We're going to create um, the department of yes when it comes to small businesses. Uh, we can keep our eye on a prize when it comes to big businesses with the Cargills of the world. Um, but almost 100% of new jobs created in this country are coming from entrepreneurs, are coming from small businesses who are growing. Uh, and Wichita has this incredible um, history of entrepreneurship. We are the entrepreneurship spirit. Uh, and to do that, we need City Hall uh, to not only be a cheerleader, but also be a helper. Over and over and over again, I have spoken with small business owners from different sections of the economy throughout our city um, who feel that City Hall uh, isn't doing enough to help uh, them through the process. I've spoken with people who have created a business, uh, put their life savings into it, over $100,000, um, had to get a $20,000 loan from their parents uh, because City Hall didn't meet their deadlines stretch it out six months before they could get the permits they needed to start selling their product. Um, 
so we need to, if people are willing to take a risk, to risk their uh, life savings, uh, to go and add to our economy, to get their piece of the American dream right here in Wichita, City Hall should be rolling out the red carpet. And instead, we're seeing more red tape. Uh, so uh, I value small businesses. That's, I think, what's going to make me a, a different mayor than a current mayor. I, I, I think the current mayor, uh, obviously, it, it comes from a small business background. I'm just not sure if he knows what the policies uh, we need to grow those small businesses here in Wichita, because uh, he's not out talking to them. As a professor at Wichita State who's earned a doctorate degree, um, I'm trained in what's called qualitative research methods, uh, which means I go out and I collect stories. I collect experience, uh, and my, my academic training lets me put that into, um, we call it coding, put that into uh, a hypothesis, uh, and then we can create policy to figure out, well, what is uh, the local government's role uh, in helping these businesses grow? And by talking to these people, they're not asking for a lot. Uh, you know, I have people who say, majority of my clients uh, at, at a restaurant um, get off work around four and the meters outside uh, will ticket them up to five. Uh, you know, if I could have these four parking places or this row of parking to stop ticketing at four o'clock, that would help my business. Like, done, right? right like, right. why not? Um, little things like that. Uh, so um, I'm going to be the, the boots on the ground mayor. I'm going to be the mayor who goes out and talks to people. Uh, I'm going to be the guy who gives everyone a cell number, like, like they do, like they, everyone literally has my cell number. If mm -hmm. you're an active voter, um, you don't have to make an appointment with me, uh, in my office and come see me during nine to five business hours. Uh, I will meet, uh, with people, listen to them, uh, because they're my boss. Uh, and that includes those in the business community. Um, because I don't want to lose to Tulsa. I want more jobs. I want more growth um, because uh, we're Wichita, and we shouldn't be losing to anyone. How do we fix the uh, workforce situation in, in Wichita? we got more jobs than we do workers to fill them. So that statistic is actually disturbing um, because what we're seeing is either our human capital isn't prepared uh, for the type of jobs that are coming in, which means it was sloppily done, uh, or um, it means that uh, uh, that that really we're, we're just throwing ideas at, at the wall to see what sticks. Uh, we need stackable credentials. Uh, and we are seeing our higher education institutions do a good job at creating uh, credentials for the current job market. But as most economists know, the market changes so fast that people who are right now entering the market or mid-career are likely to have five different careers. Um, not jobs, right? Uh, we're talking right. careers. So what we need uh, is a collaborative effort uh, with City Hall, with the higher education um, industry here, uh, and also with uh, private sector uh, uh, programs that give you credentials, where if you were to get an Associate of Applied Science in sheet metal, let's say, um, and you the economy changes and now you want to go back and get a Bachelor's of Science in Management, most of the content from that Applied Science Associate degree, the two-year degree, won't fit into the four-year degree. Uh, so you almost have to start over, uh, which is hurting people 
who want to stay in Wichita and adapt to the changes in our economy. If we had uh, more collaboration with the type of jobs we're bringing in and a type of changes in the economy with our higher education uh, industry, we could uh, have um, alternative bachelor degrees, such as the uh, Bachelors of Applied Science that focuses in leadership and management, and a recognition that a two-year degree, which is fully accredited in sheet metal and computer graphics and, and something more technical, could fit in as that first two years, uh, and then stack two more years on top so people can uh, adjust to the changes uh, in the market without having to start over. Other cities are doing that. Other states are doing that. Uh, in Wichita, right now our top export uh, is um, young people with options right. uh, under 45. And um, we wanna keep those people here. So by allowing more options for higher education, for job training uh, that are matching the needs of the economy, uh, you know, that's going to keep our human capital here. And that's gonna attract more businesses because as they grow, they wanna know that they will have workers to fill those jobs. As we come up on time, give us your one minute pitch to voters, your one minute wrap up, why the uh, folks who are listening to this podcast should vote for Brandon Whipple. Uh, you know, I just want to say that, um, you know, Wichita is what we make it. Uh, our future, uh, if we work together, um, you know, I think that we could take City Hall off autopilot. Uh, we can make a Wichita that works for everyone. Um, I'm inspired by the glory days of Wichita, and I'm a little jealous when it comes to the people who have come before us and they talk about those good old days. Um, because, you know what, I think it's time that we have our good old days. I think it's time for those who are entering the workforce, those who are growing young families, um, or have the same opportunities as they would in other communities. So if I'm the next mayor, uh, my eye is on the future. My eye is growing Wichita to be a place of opportunity for everyone, uh, because that's what it was for me when I moved here. It was an incredible place of opportunity, um, and I want to make sure that stays that way for my kids. Election day is November 5th. Thanks. Good luck. Thank you, Bill. And thank you guys, uh, everyone, for listening. Uh, this has been a great experience. Mayoral candidate Brandon Whipple. I'll be back to wrap up in a moment. At Equity Bank, stories of growing businesses are a favorite of ours, so we created our own little series called Napkin Stories. Visit EquityBank.com to see how some great businesses got their start. Well, that's it for BizTalk with Bill Roy this week, episode 127. Check out all our episodes at our BizTalk with Bill Roy hub. It's at WichitaBusinessJournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. BizTalk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks to producer Brittany Showalter and thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Have a profitable week.